Hello, folks, and welcome back once again to the greatest podcast in all of junior hockey, the only podcast that every single day wakes up with one mission in mind, and that mission is to grow the game along with all the other people out there who try to grow the game. We all grow together. We all grow a lot better and stronger together. And now I'd like to introduce a man who also enjoys growing together, mostly because if he tried to grow alone, he would get lost along the way. The only thing saving him would be his brightly colored suits. That man is Dan Kay. Dan, welcome to the podcast. The only growth I'm doing right now is in the the realm of my mustache and that's just because Movember has kind of leaked into December here. Still kind of indoors a lot, still staying safe, still staying distance a bunch of times. So, and I get to wear a mask when I'm on the broadcast, Lucas, so I could go mustache to the max, which is, which is a really fun addition for me. Before I intro our guest on here today, I know that we're going to have a lot of Northern Colorado Eagles fans watching, a lot of USPHL Mountain Division fans watching, and newcomers to this usphl realm so what i want to remind you all to do is vote in the holiday follow challenge what's that dan you ask well guess what i got the answer for you right here the hashtag holiday follow challenge is an annual competition where the dan k show comes to you whether it's northern colorado pueblo out in utah whether it's out in the west coast out there or down in the Southeast, where the Richmond Generals have won back-to-back years, the Dan K Show comes to your barn for a full day of coverage from the best show in hockey. All you got to do to vote. You follow the Dan K Show, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at the underscore Dan K Show. Hashtag follow, holiday follow challenge for your vote. And today, we've got ourselves an incredible guest. A guest that I've listened to a few calls from, and my God, this guy is good. I love talking to broadcaster buds. This is a new one. Lucas, Brendan, and I might just be the three best friends that anybody ever had when this is all done. Brendan Price, the price is right, the voice of the Northern Colorado Eagles. Brendan, what is up? Thanks for having me on. It is a wonderful night out here in Greeley. It's not too cold. There's no snow as a Southern California native. I'm happy about that. And man, I am really excited to be on uh, the podcast with you guys tonight. It's going to be a blast. I am excited to talk with Brendan. We're going to talk with him about the Northern Colorado Eagles, about this USPHL Mountain Division, talk about some of the new additions the Eagles have brought in, and his thoughts on how things just might shape up as the year goes on. Because Dan Kay has been a Northern Colorado Eagle supporter since day one. They've been my team. They've been my go-to. And the evil co-host of the Dan K show has been all Pueblo Bulls all the time. We're going to talk and explain to the fans at home why Dan K is right, why Lucas J is wrong. But before we do that, we have to pay the bills and go to the evil villain of the Dan K show, Lucas J. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> endorsement. Oh, I, man. I, I feel like that really built up the suspense for the show. That was great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I've ever been called the evil villain, uh, but you 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 might not like the second half of this beer review, Dan, because the first half of the beer review is a is a a, a, tw- a new twist on an old favorite. Uh, I always try to review beers that you can find almost anywhere, and I'm reviewing a not so ordinary Stella. This is the Stella oh. Midnight Lager. It is a black log, a, pre- a premium dark lager from Stella. I had to give it a shot because, Dan, you know how much I love my dark lagers and my Schwartz beers. I do. And it's good. It's it's Stella, but darker. It's Stella with like a little bit of a roasted twist. There's some very, very light coffee notes. It's definitely one of those things where it's a dark lager made for people who don't drink dark lagers, which I think is perfect for this podcast because it's like your introduction into the style. If you've never had a dark lager or a black lager, it could be intimidating because people are afraid of darker beers uh, because they're afraid they'll be heavy. This is this is super light. It's very Stella, just with just a little bit of a twist. Um, for me personally, it's not 
enough into the style. Personally, I'd give it about a 6-1 or a 6-2 because I like my dark lagers. Very bold, very roasty, very coffee forward. But I think in the vein of uh, the everyman who's never had a dark lager or is a little more curious about the style, I think this is a good introduction to it. So in that regard, I'd give it probably about a 7-2 or a 7-3. That's a pretty good score. I, I, you know what? I think it's a good beer. I always like these intro to the style beers. Why wasn't um, I going to like the second half of that? Well, so the second half is coming up because oh. when I was doing my background research and I saw where the Northern Colorado Eagles are located in Greeley, I thought to myself, hmm, where do I know that name before? So I did a little digging and Dan, it turns out I have had a beer from Crabtree Brewing Company. It's the Boxcar Brown. It's an English brown ale. Um, I had it when I was out there last summer and I got super excited because I got to try a beer from the spot. And I don't know if our guest has ever been to Crabtree, um, but I've wanted to go back ever since I had that beer. Cause I loved it so much. I don't know why I'd get mad about that, but Brendan, have you been to Crabtree? I have not had the chance to get out there yet. I, this is my second year in Greeley. And so I've now firmly established myself as someone that knows enough where it's not readily apparent that I'm new in town. I definitely, after about five to 15 seconds of a conversation, usually after I call an inanimate object dude, everyone looks at me and says, you're not from here, are you? And I say, no, I'm from San Diego. See, that, that's, I, I get you on that one. I, I do the same thing in New Haven, Connecticut. I knew about one pizza place, and anytime anyone asked me about food, I just gave them Frank Pepe's Pizza. And they were like, all right, I can't eat pizza for every meal. I'm like, I don't know, I'm from New Jersey. All I know is sauce. That's it. I eat sauce. I drink coffee. That's all I do. And I drink coffee. Lucas, that's called a segue. That's what that is. And that's called a transition into my coffee review. As we all know about Dan Kay, I drink a ton of coffee. And usually I try to keep with a fun theme for the show or with our guests. But I'm actually going with a a fun theme, Lucas, that has to do with the upcoming hub that the USPHL will be working on in Tampa. And I'm hoping that this won't just be the name of a coffee that I'm reviewing, but it'll be a way to describe me, Uh, a sun-kissed blonde. And that's what it is. It's a sun-kissed blonde here, Lucas. It's a light roast, 100% Arabica bean from Signature Select. You can get this at Acme. You can also order through Amazon. You You can order it at home or you can go to Instacart. Lucas is a big Instacart guy. And you can get this. It's Signature Select. Sun-kissed blonde light roast. And if I sound like I got a little extra energy tonight, it's because I did it espresso style. And I popped it in the espresso machine, which, again, the wonderful people at the greatest business in the land, Capresso. I mean, tell me, if I can figure out how to make a latte, anybody could figure out how to make a latte with this thing. Popped in the light roast, two shots of, of the coffee in here, two shots of espresso, little bit of cashew milk on top. I'm feeling fancy. I'm feeling fine. And I feel like I could run a couple hundred miles, even though I got to be up in like five hours. I'm excited about it. I give this one, Lucas, it, it really feels sun-kissed. It feels like even in, in espresso form, I took a sip of it. It's light. It's airy. Good earthiness to it. It's a solid coffee bean right there. I'm giving it a 7-9. And again, Hopefully, Dan Kay is super sun-kissed in a few weeks with a big-time suntan. Yeah, well, I, I'm right with you on that hope there, Dan. But, you know, it's interesting because the light-roasted coffees usually have more caffeine content in them than the dark roast. So that might also be the reason why it seems like you feel like you want to run down to Tampa right now. Yeah, I could go for it. I could totally <laughs> go for it. I could probably I could probably power a, a steam engine on a boat all the way down there right now on my own shoveling coal like the old school, like singing the singing the sing songs of the old days there. Or I could sprint my way down I-95, probably hit some traffic, though. It would still take me a while to get down to Tampa because I-95 is tough to drive down. But the road we're about to drive down is interview town. We got to lace them up, get on the ice. It's time for the free skate with our guest, the voice of the Northern Colorado Eagles. Brendan Price. And Brendan, first of all, I got to jump in with your team just went out to the Midwest West, a couple tough ones with the Wisconsin Rapids River Kings, who we had at number six overall. We had you guys at number seven overall in our last power rankings nationally. So a big time matchup there looked like a pretty even battle the whole way through. 
then a few huge wins for you guys. How's the team feeling? How's the vibe there after a, a big week out in the Midwest? You know, before I get going, I want to say that with your reviews, a lighter roast on the coffee, a darker side on the beard, you guys are speaking my language. That is my ears. I love every part of all of that. Um, After the trip in the Midwest, you know, they picked up the five games. They go three and two. Um, They played really good hockey. And I think the results are a little not necessarily revealing on that end. They dropped both games to uh, the River Kings, that six versus seven matchup. And those were two hard fought games um, that really could have gone either way. Um, especially the Friday night game where they lost 3-1. And so ultimately, like, this is their first action in, in almost a month, and it's really good to get back up on the saddle and get some nice results, especially against teams that they're not familiar with, right, making that first trip out to the Midwest West. Now, you guys have had some big names come into town, two that we talked about before we jumped on the air. Let the folks know a little bit about these two additions made to the Eagle roster here early in the year. Yeah, of course. So the two big additions um, that the Eagles have picked up here in the last month or so, um, forward Brian Lochner and defender uh, Makai Mitchell, um, they both come to the Eagles um, by way of the W. So they typically ply their trade um, in the WHL, the Major Junior A up in Canada. Um, Brian for uh, Medicine Hat and Makai for uh, the Regina Pats. And they're both local from the northern Colorado area. Um, both from uh, cities about 20 to 30 minutes away. And um, they both have worked with Coach Steve Haddon um, and their home organizations about really establishing relationships and establishing a network and an opportunity for them to stay in shape and get ready to go um, for when the W starts up, uh, hopefully for them sometime in January or February. And they've both come aboard and they've looked spectacular. Um, they fit in great with the guys. Um, Makai played in his first games this past weekend on the road trip um, to Wisconsin and Minnesota. And then Brian has played in 10 games now with the teams. He started right around uh, just before Thanksgiving. I'll tell you what, the team looks good, too. I have been a big advocate for this side. One team that I know I've sort of talked about lately out there, though, is that outlier squad, those Utah outliers. Seems like they're starting to kind of give some teams some trouble out there, really starting to come together. What have you thought about the outliers? Do you think when it comes to the Eagles, do you think the biggest test out there is in Utah with the outliers? Is it in Pueblo with the Bulls? Who's their, who's their biggest contender out there right now that folks outside of the mountain that, that haven't had a chance to watch as much hockey should be watching? You know, that's a really tough question, and I, I'm going to quote uh, our, our coach Steve Haddon here on this one. He talks a lot about in the mountain division, anybody can be anyone on any day. It's a tough division all the way through. And I think it's going to really come down to who can pick up the most points outside of the division, because everybody in the division is going to be beaten up on each other. Um, you know, if I had to handicap a couple teams, I'd really say that Pueblo and, and Ogden um, are, they're the two teams um, out in the mountain division that, that, trouble the Eagles the most and it's a really level it's a it's a really level playing surface um Utah's picked up some steam the last two and a half weeks or so they've got some reinforcements um and you know some of the guys that they've had returning um especially out here in the mountain division are now we're getting used to the USPHL out here um I think the biggest difference between the USPHL and the WSHL uh, the league that we're all coming from is the Western States League was quite a bit more physical. And um, the benefit for a lot of our teams coming over is a lot of the skill guys are really getting to showcase a lot more of the dangles, a lot more of the skating speed, and not have to worry about the fighting or as much contact. And so now that everyone's really getting accustomed to that, you're starting to see guys like Ricky Bredberg for the Outliers, uh, Josh Murray and Kate Herrera for Ogden. You're really starting to see those guys round into form. See, and, that, and that's what I love, too. When, when we saw the transition happening, you always knew the WSHL is, as that as the physical league, right? And at this level, a big thing I'm always an advocate for is the idea to allow the, the skill to shine, to allow the game to shine, because the idea is these guys are trying to get a, co- a college commitment. I mean, 99.9% of these guys 
are not jumping to pro hockey. They're trying to get into a collegiate system where you're not going to be able to fight. You're not going to be able to drop gloves. You're not going to be able to drop the helmet and you got to get out there and you got to play and you're going to play with a decent amount of skill within that game. So getting a chance to see it, and especially out there, seeing a lot of the Olympic size rinks that you're going to run into in some of these places, it's, it's a fun game to watch and, and watching the talent out in the mountain right now, folks, if you haven't turned on hockey TV and checked out a Northern Colorado Eagles broadcast with Brendan on the mic yet, you're missing out. If you don't tune in during the Chicago showcase and check out some of these matchups, you're missing out. We're going to have the Pueblo Bulls taking on the Metro Jets. That's going to be an incredible one. But Brendan, before I turn it over to Lucas for the Q&A, he's going to get into the juicy goose and into the details and into the smart guy stuff. I got to talk about your broadcasting here. I got to talk about how'd you end up in Colorado, a Southern California guy, right? You end up out there in Greeley, Colorado. What, what brought you out there? What got you behind the mic here with this organization? Well, uh, I came up to Colorado looking for a little change of pace. Uh, growing up right outside of San Diego, it's it's fast, it's furious, and uh, if you like, shall we say, a slower speed of life, it might not be for you. Uh, so I found my way up to Greeley, um, which in terms of the size, the atmosphere, the small town feel, very similar to why, where I grew up. So it was kind of a home run uh, for me in that regard. And um, Last season, uh, the 2019-20 season, um, I had the pleasure of being their fill-in guy. Um, so I worked, uh, I would say, a third of their games or so um, in a Western States League, and I was selected to work the WSHL Showcase down in Vegas last year. And uh, starting forward this season, it was a match made in heaven. We both were, uh, myself and our game day operations coordinator, Mackenzie, um, was delighted. She was like, Hey, we'd love to have you back. And I said, sure. Where do I sign? And, uh, here we are in season number two. I love it. And, and it's, is this been your thing? Were you a broadcasting guy through and through? Is it something that you found later on? What have you always wanted to be a broadcaster? Yes. This has been something that's been on the plate since I was, Oh, 10, 11. Um, I covered San Diego State's um, ACHA team in college, uh, made my way up to Greeley and uh, did some work for the University of Northern Colorado's ACHA Division II team um, and found my way over to the Eagles. I love it. And I'll tell you what, that San Diego State team has some fun social media, too. We, we've interacted with them before in some of our ACHA work. That's a fun organization. Working ACHA hockey is is one of a kind too. It's a, it's a great format for these players to keep playing the game. And some of the talent in the ACHA people just miss folks. Like they're, this is what we always talk about with our players that we talk to is as you're trying to find your next home, you can play in some of these buildings out there across the country at the ACHA level and have an incredible hockey playing experience, whether it's a university of Kentucky with a midnight madness game that, that Lucas and I get out there and do, or you're getting out into some of these, barns down in florida with florida gulf coast or heading out to san diego state or arizona state which eventually became a division one hockey team now in the top 20 nationally it's a great option it's incredible hockey and you can see the broadcasters it's creating and mr brendan price we're going to ask him a bunch more questions we're going to get into the northern colorado eagles a bit more we're going to get into his broadcasting a bit more we're going to get into the usphl mountain and kind of how he's starting to starting to feel about this usphl life it's a whole new league a whole new life and I got to go to the smartest guy I know, and I don't know many people, but he's by far the smartest. You can put all the other people I know in a room. He's smarter than them all put together. Lucas Jones, the Q&A, start it up. Thanks, Dan. And before we get into this broader USPHL landscape, I do want to talk about the Mountain Division. Um, obviously new to the USPHL this year. We again have not gotten a chance to get out there yet, but you know we're we're hoping that we can accomplish that very soon. We've been restricted to watching the games on hockey TV, and one of the things I, I wanted to start off with was inside this mountain division. You alluded to it a little bit earlier, talking about Ogden and Pueblo. Uh, what is the competition level like when these teams all get together? Because we've started to notice that feels a little bit like the Midwest West division in terms of teams can really, any team can win on any given weekend. Uh, so what's the competition level like out there in the mountain division? Lucas, that's 
if you could snapshot it in a sentence, that's the Mountain Division. Is any team can beat anybody on any weekend. Um, I mean, looking across right now between Pueblo and, and us and here in Northern Colorado and Ogden and Utah and Provo, I mean, everybody, they can and they have beat everybody. Um, right now, there's only one matchup um, between the two teams um, where one team has won every game, and that's between Northern Colorado and Provo. Um, and even then, two of those games were one-goal contests. And so it's it's rare to see score lines in series that seem really where the ice is tilted. Um, the scoring capabilities and the firepower of some of the teams in this division and, and the sheer talent is really – it is a sight to see, guys. It is a sight to see. Um, anytime you're watching a team, you're going to look at at least two or three scoring guys that they just have a wherewithal and the positioning and moves that are a cut above. And it's really, it, it's a pleasure to get to see every week. Um, I find myself popping on hockey TV, and if the Eagles aren't playing, it's, hey, is there any matchup in our division that looks really good to watch tonight? All right, I'm going to flip on Utah and Ogden. All right, I'm going to flip on Pueblo and Provo. Okay, I'm going to flip on, you name it. Yeah, and I, I think one of the features that I've noticed so far in the Mountain Division, like you said, is that all these games are are really good contests. A lot of these games are close as well. And if you go to the usphl.com standings page for the premiere and scroll down to the Mountain You'll notice that there are some tight goal differentials. Pueblo Bulls uh, plus 12, Ogden plus 15, Utah plus 6. But you notice Northern Colorado plus 41. And it's really a function of the defensive effort, giving up just over two goals a game. Uh, so, Brendan, talk a little bit about this Northern Colorado defense. And what's it been like to watch this thing in person? Their defense, and this is full credit to Coach Steve Haddon, Assistant Coach Levi Weber, um, that's their bread and butter. Um, that's the program, is they really reinforce the idea that you know they want guys that are willing to commit to the team, to the program, and to the type of style they play. Um, this is a team right now that's one of the elite penalty-killing units um, in the USPHL Premier Division, and those numbers are right in line with where they were last year in the Western States. Um, you know, a lot of their identity really focuses on doing what's best for the team. And that really comes back to defending. Um, it's really kind of an interesting experience to get to watch a, a team take five or six penalties, you know, or in the Midwest West trip that we just had, um, they had a, a game against the river Kings where, a little bit of a, a penalty fest, you know, they, they were shorthanded 11, 12 times. And I could sit there as someone who watches the team and, and, and sees them every day and say, I'm concerned that they're taking penalties, but I'm not concerned that their penalty kill is going to give up about a, a boat ton of goals because they're that good. They're that disciplined. Uh, their defensive core is so deep. And I mean, it's so deep that they've really had the opportunity. Um, to have some of their defenders play defense and forward and kind of hybrid depending on the day. Um, Owen Braun, Adam Albert, Case Kangius, a lot of guys that have seen time and excelled in both roles. Yeah, and I think no no small credit, too, has to go towards the goaltenders. And I, I for those fans who are, are familiar with the show, they know how much I love a good defensive hockey game. And and how much I will just absolutely sit there and overanalyze the defense to, you know, just to try to figure out what's going on. And when I see a defensive minded team like the Northern Colorado Eagles, the first place I go to is the goalies. And what I'm looking at is the shots against number and the games played. And after some quick division, it looks like these goaltenders are facing about 30 shots a game, which is is a pretty is a pretty good amount of shots. So you know it's not like it's not like this team is is just not allowing their goaltenders to see pucks. Not just the defensive efforts in front of these guys, 
but these goaltenders are the real deal. They're they're posting. You've got uh, you've got a team goals against average of two point one eight. We always joke that empty net usually ruins that goals against average for you guys. Uh, empty net right now with an abysmal ninety nine goals allowed average. Uh, but the two goaltenders that you guys have in net, they've been doing really well. They've been making the the big saves. Is this team a a team that likes to let their goaltenders work? And and allow them those those clean sight lines to stop pucks. Yes and no. Um, that's a two part answer. Yes, uh, there's absolute trust um, from the players and the coaches and their goaltenders. Uh, Ulrich and Riley are fantastic, and and one of the best parts about the two of them is they are both each other's biggest cheerleader. Um, they both recognize that you know in order for them to advance and, you know, play in nationals and, and do well as both a team and individuals that it's all about being there for and being ready for your team and for your other goaltender. Um, so that's the yes part. And, and the other part of that is I know we just touched on the defensive integrity a little bit and the goaltending blocking shots is part of this team's identity. Um, coach, Coach Steve Haddon and I had sat down before one of our games and he made the comment that, you know, he asks everyone when it's their turn to block a shot, clear a puck, everyone has to buy into the gritty stuff. Um, you don't have to blow your body and have to do it. You use your stick, you use good positioning, and it's incorporated into practice and culture here in Northern Colorado. And so I would say that they trust their goalies when they get good sight lines. And the object is also to ensure that that doesn't happen a whole lot of the time. Um, especially over the Midwest West trip, they faced anywhere from 25 to 35 shots per game um, in Ulrich starts and in Riley starts. There's no difference there. They just, it's, it's, are they quality shots? And a lot of the time, the answer to that is not really. Yeah. And, and looking at, at this road trip, it's kind of the, uh, it's kind of the stepping out tour for the Northern Colorado Eagles um, who've been, you know, obviously with everything going on, a lot of teams have had to stay inside their own regions and, and sort of play teams inside their divisions. But you guys got your first experience against the Wisconsin Rapids River Kings and the Dells Ducks. Um, you do have an interesting schedule coming up, though, uh, in the middle of December against some really, really quality USPHL teams. But talk about the first experience playing a USPHL team because you guys are new to the league this year. Obviously, like we said, you're out in the mountain division, but then going up against the River Kings, what was that experience like? I think the biggest thing is, you know, it's it's a little bit of an adjustment, right? Um, you know, you're, it's not the same familiar faces because it's been all divisional play and it's guys that, you know, you've brought over uh, from the Western states with you. Um, I think that there was a lot of, a lot more familiarity than expected. Um, we have a lot of guys from the Midwest, um, some guys from Ontario. Um, so there's a little bit of familiarity there um, in terms of who you might have played at the U16, the U18 levels. Um, all in all, I think the biggest, the best part of the trip, at least from the broadcaster's perspective, right, was getting a feel for, hey, where do we, where do we stack up, right, compared to the River Kings compared to the Mullets compared to Dell's Ducks, you know, is our perception of where we're at in our division, is that quality equitable across other divisions? And I think the answer was a resounding yes after this five game road trip. And it's very exciting. I mean, I'm looking at your schedule and I, I'm going to, you're going to find me plop down in front of a laptop for all four of these games. Cause you guys be playing the Pittsburgh vengeance the Minnesota Moose, the Minnesota Blue Ox, and the Metro Jets, all teams that have been Ooh. featured in exactly all teams <laughs> that have been featured in our top 10 uh, in previous seasons and this season as well. So you've got four top 10 teams in the USPHL coming up on your schedule. So I am extremely, extremely excited to get to watch that. I've got one more for you, and then I'm going to turn it over to Dan. I know that this Northern Colorado Eagle team has a long lineage. And one of the best things that Dan and I like to experience as we travel USPHL nation is, is the flavor and the flair of the individual rinks. Um, whether it's down to the soundtracks 
which are so wildly different and specific, it's almost insane. Uh, but the other thing is just, just the vibe of the rink. So, you know, I know this year is a little different, but what is the vibe of a Northern Colorado Eagles home game when it comes to the fans, the in-rink energy? Well, before I, I dig into that, I want to, I suppose, chill um, for the division as a whole. I, I'm biased, obviously, but the barns that we have in our division, uh, the five teams, are fantastic. They're beautiful facilities. Um, the fans are terrific. Uh, the, the programs and the teams themselves go out of their way to make it a great experience for fans. Um, but specifically for NOCO, uh, the Ice House is a wonderful facility. Um, it's, its acoustics are really interesting. It funnels a lot of sound down to the ice. Um, and our fans come in, cowbells, noisemakers, it's loud. Um, we have a terrifically supportive and boisterous um, Billet Family connection and Billet Family network um, that is at a lot of our games. Um, and our our guy, Ron, runs the crank siren. And boy, does he get that thing going for an eagle ball. It is loud. I'm sure you guys uh, hear it on our broadcasts. And that is audible even with fans in there. It it gets some play, let me tell you. I love that. And I'll tell you, th there's nothing I get more excited for than an awesome abbreviation for a team name. And NOCO is one of the greatest ones I heard going loco for NOCO right now is Dan K. I am I, I want to get out there and I want I want to crank the siren. So I, I want to see these fans from Northern Colorado. I want to see some votes. I want to see the mountain division step up here and challenge these guys in the Midwest West and out in the, out in the Southeast division and, and down in Florida. I want to see him challenge these guys and, and let's see what the mountain division can do fan base wise and get us out there because I, I want to go ride the bull in Pueblo. I want to head up to NOCO. I want to crank the siren. I want to go into Utah, see the mountains and see some hockey and some Olympic rinks there. I'm excited about the mountain division and Brendan, what I got to turn to here is I just had to listen to Lucas drab on and on about defense and net mining. And your team's got two guys in the top 10 in point getting in the entire USPHL. And, and I mean, great. Love defense. Stop the puck. Give up less than the other team. You're going to win games. But you also got to score the puck. And Brennan McFarlane and Nicholas Sampson are doing that at ridiculous levels, at a ridiculous pace. I think about Nicholas Sampson. The first time I saw the name, saw he's in Colorado. I thought about Dumb and Dumber with Mary Sampsonite, and he's got a great name. He's got a, he's got the, the the absolute ability on the ice. Watched him play a few times. He won the Dan K Show's Player of the Week a few weeks back. Talk to me about Sampson and McFarland, and they are they as good as the numbers show on a day in and day out basis? Absolutely, five hundred percent on a one hundred percent scale. Uh, those, those two make up uh, two-thirds of the line that I affectionately call the machine on my broadcast because, man, they do not stop scoring. And I think what goes, I don't know if unnoticed is the right word, the thing that I get the, the treat and the pleasure of watching game in and game out is the score line and the points and the goals are fantastic, but the both of them do not stop working. I mean, they are on the front lines, they're getting goals, they're getting assists, they're digging away um, in front of the net, and they're spearheading the penalty kill, and they're forcing the issue and forcing turnovers, and they play both ways. And uh, Brennan especially plays with a speed and an intensity that is it's incredible. I, I don't know what other superlative to use, um, but watching those two out on the ice is fantastic. And I know they're in the top 10 in scoring, um, but there are a whole bunch like oodles and oodles of offensive talent on this Eagle side. Uh, Brennan, Nick Sampson, Case Kangias, um, we have the Freifogel brothers, um, Bailey and Brayton, Quinn O'Reilly. This is his uh, fourth year of juniors, and he's fantastic. Um, he's got a lot of size and a lot of speed, and it was really nice to see him kind of finally get some pucks to find the back of the net on this road trip. And yeah, I know Lucas, you're all about defense, but I have to side with from a broadcaster's perspective, I have to side with Dan K here. This team can score. They can score in bunches and it is a blast. 
Well, that's the thing. You and I, we get to give the goal calls. We get to have fun with it. As the game moves faster and the goals are, are finding their way in the back of the net, that's where we get that that crescendo going, where Lucas gets to break things down a lot more when the game's close and there's a lot of defense. So he just wants to hear himself talk the same way we do. But you know what? We, we're just we're going to try to bloviate about offense every chance we get. What I do want to bloviate about now, what I want to talk about, what I want to converse about is a little more about you as a broadcaster, right? And, and one thing that we always jump into is I always think about kind of the the voices that put together who I am as a broadcaster. And, and as I was going through schooling or learning this, this industry, the voices I listened to, whether it was uh, a Dick Vitale and the way he kind of interacted with his audience. It's going to be awesome, baby. It's crazy. And like all that kind of stuff. The terrible Dick Vitale impression. We always ask about the Mount Rushmore. The four broadcasters who you think of when you think of Brendan Price, how it came together, how you became who you are in the airwaves today. Can you put that together for us? Are you able to do it? Yeah. Um, I know the first name that and, and this is going to be a little bit out of left field and how I propose that. Uh, the first guy that I would say is on my Mount Rushmore is Matt Vaskersian. Um, So he works for MLB Network now. Um, and growing up, uh, he was the main play-by-play man for the San Diego Padres. And I was a baseball guy first. And growing up listening to him and his partner, Mark Grant, um, the enthusiasm that they had for the game, each other, and just providing a a fun experience um, watching, admittedly, some pretty poor baseball um, in that era of Padre lore was something that really stuck with me in terms of how can you engage casual viewers and listeners and fans into you as a broadcaster and the product that you're presenting. And that's something that has always stuck with me. Um, I love because you think about that's that's three times in a row now we've had five broadcasters on here we just had three straight with Maddie V is one of the top four on that on that Mount Rushmore and again I it's one of the he's one of those guys who I feel like Brendan we all are the same way where these this younger group of broadcasters you're starting to see it the importance of like you said engaging the audience and bringing them in it used to be speaking to the audience now it's talking with the audience and that's that's a huge change but but keep going that, that's awesome uh the second guy on here is uh steve cancellosi so he is the devil's play-by-play guy um and i'm sure that's probably more familiar to the both of you being in the northeast i love his style absolutely love the enthusiasm um the goal call especially that has been for me uh, a very formulative thing um and I love the, again, I, it's, it's been a challenge uh, doing games solo just because I love the, the, the back and forth. I love being able to work uh, with a partner, and that's something that Steve does really well with uh, Kenny Danico, is, again, the back and forth and the interplay and the chemistry they have. It's kind of like what you guys have going on, you know, the whole Dan Kay and Lucas thing. It's that kind of interplay that uh, makes it for me. Yeah, it's a, it's the best way to look at it too. I mean, it's it's so different doing a game on your own. I used to do it on my own when I was working back with the Philadelphia Flyers, and you would you you kind of look to your right all the time. And you start talking to yourself. You almost make yourself the color commentator, and you have to you have to give yourself rhetorical questions and things to kind of to speak through and talk through, just to kind of give the audience that feeling that the booth's a little bit more full. So. Ladies and gents, I, I don't I don't think you understand the, the task ahead of a broadcaster when you've got 60 minutes of hockey in front of you and you've got to talk your way through it, especially if the game's not close towards the end. It you, Usually you have a lot of conversationalist medium coming out. And when you don't have the conversation, it takes a true professional to get through it. So I, I certainly feel that feel you there, Brendan. And Cangelosi is a, is a god in my book. He's so good. He's it, We get the luxury of listening to him any time out here on MSG. So that's a, that's a big win for me. Yeah, he's he's something else. Uh, he really is, and that's where you know. Thank goodness for this day of of social media and YouTube and NHL TV and all of these different avenues, right? So you can really get that out of market experience and see teams and guys that you you wouldn't normally get. 
Now, number three on this list, who is it? Uh, number three for me, uh, I'm a little bit of a renaissance broadcaster. I pull for a little bit from everywhere. I and Eagle. Um, the versatility and, and just the consistent level delivery, the, the exact understanding of the moment. Um, some of his, his lines are fantastic. Um, I, I would watch him narrate cup stacking. I, I would watch him do anything. I think his stuff is just so good. I, I thought when you were saying Renaissance, I thought you were going to go for like iambic pentameter and say it was Bill Shakespeare. I thought you were going to, I thought you were going all the way back for a callback. And, but I ain't Eagle, man. He is, he, like you said, that's a true professional. He's up there with the Kenny Albert list of guys who could do any sport anywhere, anytime. He's a, he's a, he's a stud when it comes to broadcasting. Yeah, he's in, incredible. And it's kind of segue, nice, it's a nice segue anyway, into my number four. It's another guy that uh, showcases a ton of versatility. He's done a lot um, over, over the years. He's, he's a local guy in San Diego, Steve Quist. Um, he has done everything from the San Diego Padres to, I grew up watching him do the university of San Diego's college basketball games. Um, he does stuff for the university of California, San Diego, who just moved into the big West right now at the college level. Um, his, and I mean, as a, as a little kid, like nine, 10, 11, getting to peer over the railing at the Jenny Craig Pavilion, the uh, on-campus arena for the University of San Diego, getting to peer over and see him pour over notes and prepare an hour, an hour and a half before tip-off, I mean, before warm-ups, and seeing all of the work that went in to the product coming out on the front end. Um, that's something that has stuck with me. Um, I mean, up until this day, I show up to games two hours, two and a half hours early to do prep, to get ready before warmups, to practice this and that, because it just left such an indelible mark on, on me as a kid. It's awesome. You, you are a broadcaster modeled after my heart, man. That, that is, that is literally it's the perfect tie-in too. I feel like we all have that local guy, right? Like Matty V was a local guy in San Diego, but he is on a national scale now where everyone has like, like I talked about it before. I had Harry Callis here in Philly with the Philadelphia Phillies. And you just have, you have that person who just feels like they're a part of your local community. And you kind of, you that's where you really dive into broadcasting because you, you hear them every day on everything, everywhere. And the voice gets drilled in your head. The cadence gets grilled, drilled in your head. It really, draws out i absolutely i love it folks if you haven't listened to brendan yet in the broadcast you better you got to turn it on you got to turn on hockey tv it's simple you got the you got it already set up because you're listening to the dan k show so turn off the dan k show for a day hop on over check out the northern colorado eagles they're gonna have games all year long listen to brendan price on here brendan our final question for you before we go to the educational corner and come back for your parting words we end each q a session with this one you obviously work with the Northern Colorado Eagles. You're the voice of the team out there. Why the Northern Colorado Eagles? I asked this question for the players, the parents at home, the prospective players who might be looking for their next step in their junior hockey playing career. Why should they play for the Northern Colorado Eagles? What sets them apart from the rest of the industry? They are such a terrific organization all the way through and when they commit to a player and a player commits to them that is that is what it is and as long as the player wants to be there and they can be there um right now on the eagles roster we have will campbell he's been with the program for five years um brennan this is his third season with the program um if you're going to play in Northern Colorado, um, you're going to get a well-rounded experience and it's going to be in a barn that's loud. It's going to be in a barn that's fun. And it's a small town field, really is a hundred thousand people. And it's, it's a wonderful place to be. Absolutely love it. Make sure you want to learn more about playing opportunities with the Northern Colorado Eagles and in the USPHL, you can head to USPHL.com. To find out more, the USPHL Mountain Division has been 
one of our favorites to watch. I cannot wait to see them continue to clash with the best of the best the USPHL has to offer because I am Eagles through and through right now out there in NOCO, baby. I think this Eagles team is going to be difficult to deal with for everyone, and they are going to have a huge December ahead of them. Some of the best talent, they got to play the number one, the number four. They had to play the number six. They got to play. They're playing everybody in the top ten in the Dan K Show power rankings. They got a chance to make a big statement in December. We're going to be back with Brendan with his parting words in a moment. But first, Lucas, we got to remind those players and parents that the game of junior hockey is not just what happens on the ice. It is what happens off the ice and in the classroom. Your academic corner, Lucas, take it away. Thanks, Dan. And this week, I want to talk about being prepared. Uh, It is another truism that I think gets uh, thrown around quite a bit of people telling you, "Ah, you should be prepared for anything. Expect the unexpected. Well, you'll you'll go crazy trying to expect the unexpected, and you'll look like a, a bit of a crazy person trying to be prepared for everything. So instead, we have to be prepared for the right types of things. We have to be prepared for a lot of different things at once. I think it is the difference between practicing one offensive shot, one offensive movement over and over and over and over and over to be ready for one situation or working on a slap shot. That's the difference that we're talking about here. And I think the way that applies to the academic world is you should be working on your generic skills, your ability to read and digest information, your ability to write papers of varying lengths with good grammar, your ability to study, your ability to do all of these generic things so that when the opportunity presents itself, you are prepared. Case in point, the hub city down in Tampa, Florida, it's going to relocate a ton of players on you know about a month's notice here. And that's not a ton of time to get prepared for a lot of the little things, living away from home if you're still living at home or living with a billet family, dealing with your schooling while also being in an unfamiliar environment, making sure you've packed everything that you need. These are the types of preparations that if you aren't aware of what you need, if you aren't aware of the things you need to do to be successful, you get caught unaware. And so I think this is a good opportunity for everyone to sit down and think about the types of situations they want to be prepared for and how they can best prepare for them. Love it. Great words from Lucas, an incredible academic corner. Yet again, another learning experience for all of us, including Dan Kay. And with that, we had the great pleasure of talking with the voice of the Northern Colorado Eagles, Brendan Price, this week. If you want to follow along with Brendan, go to at BrenJPrice3. That's at B-R-E-N-J-Price3. That is on Twitter right there. You can also check out his personal website, brendanjprice.com. Play-by-play reel there, highlights, some samples of writing, anything you can see for those of you looking for the next big thing in broadcasting. And, Brendan, we go to you. We have our parting words each week. How do you want to close things out from your end here on today's show? You know, uh, first I want to say thank you. This has been a lovely experience, and uh, it you guys are a blast. I love watching your games. I love watching your show, and it's a pleasure to be part of it this week. Um, and, you know, I just want to, for all of the, I guess, since we're the new kid on the block in the USPHL premiere, I want to say to everyone else, you guys are the new kids on the Mountain Divisions block, and come aboard. There's plenty of room. The programs, the rinks, the players, the talent out here in every way is incredible. And, you know, it's worth staying up past your bedtime to see Brennan McFarland and Nicholas Sampson. It's worth staying up past your bedtime to see Ogden and to see Pueblo. It's worth staying up past your bedtime to watch the expansion Provo Riverblades. And it's worth staying up past your bedtime to see Ricky Bredberg and Trent Gephardt and Mitchell Slot, the play-by-play guy in Utah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave that there, guys. That's it's worth staying up past your bedtime to see those things. I'll tell you what, I stay up past my bedtime a lot with the amount of coffee I drink, and I have made sure to watch this USPHL mountain hockey. It's absolutely incredible, folks. You gotta check it out. The skill, the size in this mountain division 
it absolutely stacks up in more with anything else going on in the country. And it is going to be an absolute battle in the USPHL this year when it comes national time, when it's time to raise a trophy. These teams out in the mountain are going to be giving some struggles to the teams in the Midwest, the Southeast, the Florida Division, the Northeast, out there in the Midwest. It is going to be, and I will continue to say it, it already is, the best playing experience in the world the best in the u.s it is top-notch hockey it's an incredible game we thank brendan price for joining us my parting words this week it actually goes to a, a guy that lucas has jokingly compared me to uh, and i took that personally and that's a joke i think lucas had a legion of knowing who i'm talking about it's from the great michael jordan and michael jordan said i can accept failure Everyone fails at something, but I can't accept not trying to be successful. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. You, you have to be trying at all times. And we're getting to that point in the season in the junior hockey year where, you know, some teams and some players might not be having the year that they envisioned, you know, they may not have as many games under the belt as they want. They may not have as many wins as they may want. They may be struggling to get points up on the, on the standing sheet there and on the table, but the, the most important thing to remind yourself every day is you are what you put out into the world. And if you step on the ice and you take a half-hearted rep in practice, you give a half-hearted effort in the game, whether your team's up 5-0 or you're down 15-0 or you're in a tie 1-1 battle, even if there aren't eyes on you, it, it builds bad habits. You need to have effort in everything you do. You need to really look in that mirror at the end of the day, every day, especially when we hit the doldrums here, you get into the middle of the season, things start wearing down. You're waiting for the holiday break. You can't wait for a couple days off to rest those weary legs. Remind yourself what the goal is. What's your end goal? Why are you on the ice today? Why are you playing? Give that effort, bring 110. You heard Brendan talk about getting to the rink early putting in the effort that that's from the broadcasting side of the biz. The same thing needs to happen on the ice for you. Keep battling, keep working, keep scraping, keep crawling, keep kind of trying to get to the top of that mountain. You will get there. We thank our partners with elite junior profiles. That's elitejrprofiles.com, elitejrprofiles.com. Bring your recruiting profile to the next level. Go sign up there, make yourself an account. We also thank our friends over at the United States Premier Hockey League, the USPHL, the premier playing experience in junior hockey. Check them out at usphl.com. Also, the Dan K Show. Vote for the Holiday Follow Challenge. It's so easy. Hashtag Holiday Follow Challenge. We'll come find it. Tell us the team. Make sure you put the team in there. Some of the votes had no team. I cannot read your minds, and neither can Lucas. At least I don't think he can. He is pretty smart, though. He might be able to. Make sure you let us know who you want us to come out and cover. www.dankshow.com. Follow us at the underscore Dan K Show, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. When Dan K is on a mic, it's always hockey night. Thanks for listening.